1: you're listening to the locked on thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network is your host brady Trantham?
2: what is up everybody welcome to the monday edition of the locked on thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i am brady trantham your host and your man for all things oklahoma city thunder and for the next 30 minutes or so You will be so locked on, Thunder, that you'll find yourself down double digits and you'll still win the game. It's Monday, so we are going to go back and see how the Thunder fared over the weekend, playing Phoenix on Friday night, and then, of course, the LA Clippers on Sunday night. It's going to be a little bit different this week, obviously, because it is the holidays. It's Christmas week, so you will have a podcast today. Uh, I wanted to probably get this one out a little bit earlier today, but I thought since we're only doing a podcast Monday and Friday this week, I would just go to practice today, maybe get some of the latest audio possible, and certainly got some of that. We got some Danilo Gallinari updates, got some nice little fun stuff with Chris Paul and Billy Donovan, so we'll get to that a little bit later after we go over the the two games over the weekend. But before that, if you still don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014, back in my blog boy days with Thunder Digest, and with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa since 2018. Or I've been, become their lead Thunder insider, or whatever they want to call me. You can find all my blogs, columns, and all those good things at thefranchiseok.com. You can also find my game story if you're if you're that interested. You can also find my game story uh, for the Phoenix game on Friday. I freelance for the Norman Transcript, and you can just go to the Norman Transcript's website, type in Thunder, find my stuff there as well. I've done two games for them so far. Maybe I can do some more in the future. It'd be a lot of fun. In addition to this podcast, I also do the OKC82 podcast with my partner, Madison Morris. It's a lot of fun. We actually just kind of, we uh, we were very tired last night, let's just say. And then this week, in addition to it being the holiday season and Christmas week and just all the stuff that you have to take care of at the last second, because you're if you're like me, uh, you do things at the last second and that's your own damn fault. Uh, but in addition to all that, I have... Double duty at the franchise, I am filling in for Andrew Gilman on the morning show with Mike Steeley, Eddie Radosovich, and Jesse Stone, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so that means super early mornings. I don't even know if I'm going to go to the Memphis game on Thursday because of it, so uh, fingers crossed I don't lose too much sleep and fingers crossed I don't go crazy this week um, but if you want to find all that stuff uh, know about what I'm doing with the franchise or the Norman transcript or what podcast I've just recorded just simply follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports and feel free to ask me questions feel free to chime in on anything and we will have a lot of fun I promise you without further ado let us go back and check out what the Thunder did this weekend After coming back from back-to-back 24-plus point deficits, 24 against the Grizzlies, 26 against the Chicago Bulls, on Friday night, the Thunder took on the Suns. The opposite of that, they won by 18 points in a game that was somewhat close, especially in the third quarter, got down to a one-point lead for the Thunder, but overall, it was a game that the Thunder controlled relatively from the very beginning of the game and throughout. It's a really great performance. Shea Gildas Alexander with a career-high 32-point scoring was basically just doing whatever he wanted with the basketball in his hands. I mean, Phoenix... They started kind of nice, and I'm still going to give them the benefit of the, of the doubt because basically I want to see Devin Booker on a good team, so you can blame it on that. But I'm going to give them the, the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to bury them too much right now. They are 11 and 17 after that 7 and 4 start, uh, but they've been snake bitten with injuries. They uh, obviously had to deal with a DeAndre 8 and 25 game suspension right as the season started. They just got him back last Tuesday before they played the Thunder, and then he rolled his ankle against the Clippers and was out for Friday night's game against the Thunder. Devin Booker had missed the previous three games but was able to play against the Thunder. Didn't do too much. Seemed a little timid, unsure of himself. Some of that might be the injury, and the other might just might have been just Terrence Ferguson's defense and Dennis Schroeder's defense. Hard to tell which exactly. Overall, a good performance for the Thunder considering those 24-plus point deficits that the previous two games. They didn't turn the ball over a ton. They didn't miss a ton of shots. They got exactly what they wanted. Um, Overall, a solid performance. And going into that third quarter a little bit deeper, it was interesting because I put on Twitter at halftime, and I believe the Thunder were leading by seven points. And it's like, okay, all right, you're not down 20 points. That's good. You checked that box off. You didn't get down double digits. Cool. Well, don't let the third quarter come back and bite you and in the rear end, like it has in a lot of these games this pa- this season, that the Thunder have controlled, and then the third quarter comes about, the defense starts to go through a lapse, the scoring gets become stagnant, and then all of a sudden you look up and going into the fourth quarter, the Thunder trail in a game that they controlled, or it's all of a sudden, um, all all of a sudden going to be a competitive game in the fourth quarter. It had all the makings of that to begin the third quarter. I believe the Suns outscored the Thunder 14-8 to eight, or 18-8 to eight in the opening few minutes. The Suns got it down to a one-point lead at 66 or a one-point deficit at 66-65. Billy Donovan calls timeout. About seven minutes and 30 seconds left in the third quarter or so. Now, if you just look at the box score right now, like I'm looking at it right now in the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown, you see the Phoenix Suns scored 41 points in the third quarter. That's, that is not good at all. The Oklahoma City Thunder, however, scored 44. From that timeout on, the Oklahoma City Thunder outscored the Suns 63-43. to Just an incredible awareness of understanding that this is where we have let games go. This is where we've lost games. Is this moment right here when Billy Donovan called timeout. And then all of a sudden the defense started clamping down on Phoenix's shooters. They started getting after them on closeouts. And then Shea alexander started scoring much, much better at a much higher rate, getting to the basket. Phoenix had no good on-ball perimeter defender. And talking to Billy Donovan after the game and all the players, they they all simply said the Suns wanted to switch their fours and their fives every single possession, and it just allowed Shea, Dennis, Chris, whoever had – even Danilo Gallinari, whoever had the ball, pretty much a free lane to the rim – And the Thunder made them pay for it with a lot of high percentage, easy buckets. I mean, Danilo Gallinari had two driving layups in the half court and two dunks out of the half court that weren't set up by anybody. They were just him dribble driving from the elbow and finishing. So overall, a good answer to the Thunder's previous two games where they were outplayed for much of it, but they made the plays necessary late in those games to get the win. The Thunder had then won three games in a row. And before we get to the Clippers game, I wanted to talk to everybody about Casper mattresses. Casper mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked MBA and using locked MBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com offers.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Then now we go to Sunday against the L.A. Clippers. Paul George is coming back to town. And I know we talked about this on this podcast this past week. And I'll just go ahead and say I completely misread the Oklahoma City fan base and I, I couldn't be more proud as a native Oklahoman that I misread it uh, completely and it wasn't because of some opinion I have about the Thunder fan base I, I hold the Thunder fan base in, in the highest regard you you hear it from opposing players opposing coaches how loud and how energetic and how hard it is to play in this or in Chesapeake Energy Arena but In in this era of player movement, it seems like every season there's a big-time player that left a franchise that they played for for a long time, and they go to a different team, and because of the whole Kevin Durant thing to Golden State, because of the whole LeBron James thing uh, from Cleveland to going to Miami, it's when those players come back to those teams, to those cities that they used to play in, it becomes a gigantic circus of we're angry, we hate you, and we want to show off our hatred. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Cleveland is wrong for being mad that LeBron left them. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Thunder fans that you're wrong for being upset that Kevin Durant left a very good team, a title contending team for a little bit better of a title contender team contending team. That just doesn't happen, but it happened with Oklahoma city happened with the Thunder. And it's something that the Thunder are still trying to dig themselves out of. You don't just let, a foundational superstar walk away and then you just seamless seamlessly transition into the next era. Now the Thunder did a very good job because they had Russell Westbrook as a plan B, of course, but as we saw, that didn't bear any fruit in terms of playoff success or championship success. So the Thunder are still very much in the shadow of the post Kevin Durant departure. And with that, the first time he comes back, of course the fans are gonna be pissed off. Of course they're going to boo and scream and bring signs and cupcakes and snake this and snake that. Again, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that you're wrong for feeling that way. The only thing that I feel is after you get out that initial frustration, it just becomes okay, Kevin Durant's no longer here anymore. You let your voice be heard. You can still boo him. I mean, I mean, hell, Raymond Felton still goes to Portland. Raymond Felton, of all players, will go to a game in Portland and get booed the entire time he touches the basketball. So Again, I'm not trying to sit here and say that you're wrong, but the circus, like the spectacle of venom and hatred towards another player, to me, just it paints a bad picture when that is just what people think of when they think of Oklahoma City. And that's what I was afraid of with Paul George. Now, like I said on the podcast last week, Paul George, great player, of course, all-star MVP candidate last year and is playing extremely well with the Clippers with two healthy shoulders this year. Wasn't here long enough to, in my opinion, secure a legacy of we hate you because you left us. Just like Kevin did, just like James Harden forced his way in some whether in whatever way you look want to look at it. Uh, didn't take that money, so Sam Presti traded him. wasn't forced, you know. I should say, he, Sam Presti was not forced. He could have kept him for that year, and who knows what would have happened. But again, it's just another example of a great player leaving Oklahoma City, and then they have to, and then they have to hear about it. And then simply just from a fan standpoint, if you're at any, if you're at the arena and you've had a few drinks and you just want to have a good time and you want to have your voice be heard, it's much much easier to boo. It's much easier to yell and scream and curse or whatever as soon as his name is mentioned in the starting lineup I just again I just expected this is going to be oh just another just another lot another and a long line of players going back to play teams they used to play for and it becomes kind of a eh. I just simply wanted Oklahoma City to be a little bit more of the on the classy side whereas a team like Indiana who Paul George used to play for before he was traded here continues to boo him at every, mo- every moment he comes back now I will tell Pacers fans, Paul George leaving Indiana in the manner that he did is in no way, shape, or form similar to what LeBron did or, of course, what Kevin Durant did. So that venom I still don't understand. You get Victor Olodipo and DeMontis Sabonis out of it, you'll be fine. I don't understand that. So when Paul George was announced in the starting lineup Sunday night against the Thunder, I was very, very happy to hear about 98% cheers. And I saw on Twitter about people saying, like, look at all these clowns cheering a guy who backed out of his contract, blah, blah, blah. And if you want to look at it that way, I mean, sure. If you want to have a completely and utterly pessimistic view of it, cool. All Oklahoma City fans did was take any ammo out of anybody, whether it be a national talking head, an opposing player. Take any ammo out out of them to say, like... What a what a boring place Oklahoma City is. I don't want to play basketball there. And then if I do, their fans will just hate me and treat me like trash because I'm going to decide to leave. So overall, I'm glad that Thunder fans could put aside their frustrations that Paul George did ask for a trade out of a contract. And that trade ultimately led to the Thunder having to trade Russell frickin' Westbrook, everybody's favorite player. Russell Westbrook had to be traded because Paul George wanted to go. I am still glad that Thunder fans... At least appreciated the time that Paul George put in the effort because the effort was completely unquestioned. Billy Donovan said a, a handful of times leading up to the game that uh, he thought Paul George's he thought Paul George's feet were planted both in the circle and meaning that he was fully engaged and tried his damnedest to win games even without the use of any shoulders. Uh, the the effort is unquestioned for me and again he is the first all-star level player to ever choose to sign a contract to play for Oklahoma City so that that means something and so i'm glad that now whenever paul george does just, does come back to play against the thunder you know there there might be some cheers there might be some boos there might be just some oh okay he's just another opponent at this point because like i said he wasn't here long enough to secure that much of a legacy but I asked Paul George last night what exactly it means to him that he played for the Thunder, and I, I tried to approach it in a way where you played you know, X amount of years in Indiana, certainly more years in Indiana than you did with the Thunder. You played with the Thunder for only two seasons, and now you've got this future in L.A., and who knows how long that's going to be. I mean, as as far as we know, it might be where Paul George ends up ending out his career. He's from L.A., and he's always wanted to play there, so why not – he finished out the rest of his prime years in Los Angeles. So a few years down the road, when Paul George looks back on his career, it's going to be a big timeline in Indiana, maybe a bigger timeline in L.A., and then just a little little chapter in Oklahoma City. So it made me curious exactly how he views it. And Paul had a little bit of an interesting answer. Paul typically doesn't say anything too deep, but uh, he did say some nice things about the Thunder, so let's hear what he had to say. Kind of a weird question this quick, but... You got the first game out of the way in Oklahoma City, but how do you think you'll look back on your time in Oklahoma City, like, as your career goes on and on? Uh, as far as what, looking back at here? Well, you spent a lot of your time in Indiana, of course, mm-hmm. Start off your career, two years here, and now you've got your future in L.A. I mean, like, how do you think you'll view it a few years down the road?
1: Um, you know what?
2: I, th- I will always view this
1: as one of the best organizations that I could have ever played for. Um... You know, they, they set the bar in many ways, um, from, you know, the community, from, uh, again, front office, um, the way they run things, the way they handle things. Um, they just set the bar in so many ways, um, and, you know, it was a, a great imprint, um, a lasting imp- impression on me um, that, you know, I, I know in a mid-market um, was capable and, and was possible
2: He's either saying that because he genuinely means so, that the Thunder are a very good organization, well-run organization, classy organization, and that Paul George, even though he wanted to play with Kawhi Leonard, even though he wanted to go back home and play for the LA Clippers, it was probably still very difficult for him to want to leave such a great organization and a good situation, frankly, for him. You can look at it that way, or you can look at it, if you're the conspiracy theorist, as... I love the Thunder because they got me to my destination that I've always wanted to go to. This was the plan all along, and I helped the Thunder in doing so by giving them all the draft picks, Shea Gildas Alexander Danilo Gallinari. I don't care what you subscribe to. Either way is fun. Or you can also, if you want to look at it from a third way, I guess if you're an Indiana fan and you're listening to this podcast, which thank you so much, but I don't mean to anger you in this way, but he did say, knowing what I know playing for a mid-market. You know, He played for the Pacers for a, a few He played for the Pacers for a while. Was that a dig at the Pacers? Are they not as well run as the Thunder? I I would, I I don't know for certain. I don't know how the Pacers are run, but I do know that they are a very successful organization, no doubt, and they've been successful for a long time. They're rarely ever terrible. Oh, well, Paul George, everybody. I just want to let you all know, while that quote wasn't that very deep, I'll admit, I had to wait an hour for that quote. He stood and he sat in the cold tub For about 45 minutes, then showered, then got dressed, and then talked to us about an hour after the game ended. I was thinking of everybody listening to this podcast. I seriously was. I was thinking of you. I need to get some Paul George audio for the Monday podcast, so you're welcome. But let's talk about a little bit about the game before we get out of here, though. Uh, An 18-point deficit for the Oklahoma City Thunder midway through the game, which is familiar territory for this team, apparently. They do come back and ultimately beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, without Patrick Beverly, yes, but the Thunder didn't have Danilo Gallinari, who was such a late scratch last night that he was still listed on the starting lineup sheet that the Thunder hand out to all media members prior to tip-off. I was just getting to my seat in press row when the Thunder were announcing the starters, and I was just getting into my seat. And then I hear the PA announcer announce, Darius Bazley! And I'm just like, what? What just happened? And then you hear about the ankle injury. I believe it was the ankle injury that, the same ankle that kept Danilo out of the Portland game, the Thunder one, were able to win a week and a half ago on the road. And before we get a little bit deeper into the Clippers game, let's hear what Billy Dolvin had to say today, Monday at practice, about Danilo Gallinari and his status. Was Gallinari able to do anything today?
0: No, i mean we just kind of rested to be honest with you a lot of guys we just just try to do some some walk through some very very light work but um there was a number of guys that we just kind of i think just tried to let them recuperate a little bit
2: is this something you don't anticipate it's going to hold them out after christmas, christmas yeah i mean i,
0: I don't i mean it's the, the hard part is i think a lot of it was precautionary. you know he had some soreness there um we're always going to be more cautious with guys but I think it's going to evolve based on how he feels. You know, hopefully these next two or three days gives him a little bit of a reprieve to kind of rest a little bit and feel a little bit better. But
2: you think he will do that on the 26th? Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't want to say that just because there's so much time in between there. I'll have to wait and see. Um, so they'll have him probably do some stuff and see how he feels.
2: But, yes, another game and another comeback victory, this time by 18 points over the LA Clippers for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Thunder checked some history, some uh, stats. They are the first team in Thunder history to have multiple 15 point comebacks in a single week. So, I'm assuming more than two. So, since they had the three, and they are currently tied this season with the Los Angeles Lakers for the most 15 plus point comebacks in the season at four. Good showing for the Thunder. And I kind of joked with Billy earlier today at practice to see what he believes. The benefits are when you have so many comeback victories in such a short amount of time. You know those uh, bullet points you write down on the whiteboard in the locker room pregame. Or one of those bullet points, down by double digits.
0: <laughs> no, that's certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no,
2: that's not one of them. When no. you ha- like on the real, they're like when you have so many uh, comeback victories in such a short span of time. Does that do anything unique for your team moving forward? Yeah, I think it
0: brings your team closer together. I think it it creates a level of belief in one another. It creates a mentality that. The group knows that each guy that they're, they're, they're lined up playing next to is going to give everything they got to get back in the game. So I definitely think there's a chemistry that gets built with, with because of that.
2: But overall, with the Clippers game, just an outstanding performance, especially by the three guard lineup. I mean, Chris Paul doesn't really do that much with his scoring every single night. Didn't really do that much with his scoring. Last night against the Clippers, but his leadership alone, it trickles down. I'm going to say that a lot. That's going to be the buzzword of this podcast. As long as Chris Paul is on this team, it truly trickles down. Uh, people are going to point to Shea Gilds Alexander matching his career high that he set on Friday with 32 points and really turn it on on both ends of the floor. In clutch time and that's something that he's kind of done over the last four or five games is really turn it on especially on the defensive end of the floor in the fourth quarter which is a great thing moving forward and Doc Rivers even had something to say when I asked him about the leaps that he believes Shea Gildas Alexander is making on the defensive side of the basketball speaking on that coach uh, is there anything that you notice Shea defensively like especially late in the game like any leaps that he's made going back from last year when you had him no, I thought, you know, early
0: in the year, last year, Shea was one of our better defenders, and then I think he hit the rookie whatever uh, wall or whatever. But then I thought in the second half of the year, the ladies started getting it back. He's so long. You know, I think he can be a great defender. Um, I don't know if Shea believes that yet, but I do.
2: But, man, Dennis Schroeder, who was just announced before I started recording this podcast as the Western Conference Player of the Week as a bench player. Dennis Schroeder... Leading the Thunder in the week to a 4-0 record, 25 points per game. Is leading the Thunder in scoring over the last 16, 17 games for certain. I haven't checked anything prior to that. Wouldn't be surprised if he's almost leading the Thunder in scoring. I know he's averaging 18 points per game through the season. I can't remember where Shea dropped down from when he was scoring 21 points per game and he dropped down into the 17, 18 range. Don't know that for certain just yet. But just outstanding play, and while the Clippers were shorthanded without you know one of the greatest players to walk the earth in Kawhi Leonard and then a pesky defender in Patrick Beverly, the Thunder did have their own adversity, of course, without Danilo Gallinari, and they certainly answered the test. They answered the call at home. This is starting to turn into what the Thunder exactly are, everybody. I mean, they are playing like a playoff-caliber team, and it's not that much of a stretch to even start saying that because they are starting to beat – a lot of – bet they, they, they are starting to take care of business of the teams that they're supposed to be beating, and they're beating them quite handily outside of the Chicago and the Memphis performance where they had to reach down really deep in the fourth quarter. They took care of Phoenix. They get Memphis the day after Christmas one night, and then the second – and the night following is a road game against Charlotte on the second night of a back-to-back. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Thunder react to their Christmas break and then a back-to-back home and away against two teams that are definitely less talented than they are, worse than they are. The Thunder have started to beat those teams. It's, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. The Thunder did a very good job of holding Paul George in check. I believe he only finished with 18 points. At one point, it looked like he was about to drop 40. In about a 18-second thir- span in the second quarter, he scored eight points. And It was just like, oh, here we go. Paul George show is about to start it's going to be real ugly and it you know the Clippers of course built that 18 point lead but the Thunder just kept turning them over the Thunder's defense their physicality which is starting to become a, a surprising benefit advantage to this team that they have over a lot of teams that they faced it's just the fact that they're so damn physical and you wouldn't think with a three guard lineup two of which comprise of undersized point guards and Dennis Schroeder and Chris Paul, they're still very pesky. Chris Paul is still a very good on-ball defender in his own right. Shea Gildas Alexander's length alone makes him a good defender, and if he starts to figure it out, like Doc Rivers said earlier, my goodness, there's no telling what this defensive lineup can do. And then when Terrence Ferguson is engaged and in rhythm defensively, it makes the Thunder that much tougher. And then, oh yeah, you've got Steven Adams out there. And then, oh yeah, you've got Nerlens Noel, who can be a capable defender as well. This team... With its length and its athleticism, still main, still kind of carries the banner that the Thunder have had over the last few seasons as being one of the better defensive teams in the league, despite losing Russell Westbrook, despite losing Paul George. It's pretty incredible to see. And with that, everybody, I just want to tell you all Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. I just want everybody to enjoy their time off from work. I want everybody to be safe and enjoy themselves. We will be back on Thursday or Friday. I can't remember... What the schedule says. I believe it's Friday. So hopefully this tied you over. Hopefully OKC82 podcast tied you over. Uh, Go listen to that stupid, silly, crazy thing that we put out there last night. Madison Morris and our trusty intern, Mr. Connor Ayubi on his last game his last show with us uh, go type that in if you need just a little bit more of a thunder fix go listen to that one and enjoy yourselves but everybody thank you so much for listening to the locked on thunder podcast i truly appreciate it but until next time see you later
1: hey prime members